This passage in John can be very difficult to understand without someone explaining what Jesus means in the passage and the words that are used in Greek, the, the richness of the meaning of particularly one word that's used in Greek. And so that, that's why John is always, his symbol is the eagle. The eagle is one who flies above us. And that's why John's gospel, sometimes you have to read it and reread it and reread it and reread it and reread it and ask the Holy Spirit for enlightenment. So why does Jesus say it's better for him to go back to the Father than it is for him to stay? Think of that. Wouldn't it be better to just have Jesus in our midst? Why is it better for Jesus to go through his passion, his death, his resurrection, and for him to leave the earth and then to send the Holy Spirit down? Why is that better? Because even when Jesus was here on earth, he was still limited by space and time. He could, he could only go to so many places. And this was, you know, without cars, without boats and trains and planes, what we have today, modern transportation, where you could, you know, be in Europe, where they say be in Paris, uh, you know, for breakfast and then be in New York for lunch or whatever, dinner or something like that. So, so Jesus did not have that. He was limited by space and time. Therefore, the gospel was limited. But when he goes through his passion, death, and resurrection, also that the world did not want to accept Jesus. Okay, they did not want to accept Jesus' word. And so, but then when Jesus left the world through his passion, death, and resurrection, he then sends the Holy Spirit. And basically what he's saying, it's better for you that I go so that when I send the Spirit, I can dwell within you. I can help you even more because after this life through Jesus' resurrection, he's not limited by space and time. He can go anywhere in the world in an instant, in a flash. And through a Spirit dwelling in us, the Lord can help us even more because his Spirit dwells within us because we're not only hearing Jesus's words, but the Spirit helps us to live Jesus's words, reminds us of Jesus's words, empowers us. So there's a great word that's used here, and you don't really get this. It's hard to translate in the English language. It's hard to translate probably in any language, and it's this word in English that we use, advocate. If I do not go the advocate will not come to you. And there, there's no real perfect English translation. So the word in Greek is paraclete or parakletos. Parakletos, however you pronounce it in Greek. No, no, I wasn't great at Greek, but I know a little bit of it. So paraclete, what does that mean? What does a paraclete mean? And again, it's a very rich word in Greek. So I'm going to break down this word a little bit for you of what a paraclete means and show you the richness of it 
within this passage and show you the richness of what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives. So paraclete literally means, it, it literally means one who is called upon to come in. So it's, it's in the passive tense in Greek. So it's literally someone that you call upon to come in. It's really like someone that you summon to come in. So it's when you need help. It's when you can't do it by yourself. You call upon this paraclete to come in and intercede for you. You, you summon this paraclete. Now, it's in the passive tense in Greek. So meaning it's a, it's a passive word. So, so meaning you're, you're calling upon someone, but then when that someone comes, it has an active meaning. So it's in the passive tense, but it has an active meaning. Meaning that once you call upon this paraclete to come in, the paraclete then takes action. The paraclete's not just there, you know, sipping wine and having a good time. The paraclete takes action. And so in Greek, it, it can be used as, it can be translated in many ways. Advocate, helper, comforter. So I, I, I like to use this. It's used in legal terms here. So this is the word advocate. It's like a lawyer. It's like you're being accused and you're on the stand. And so you, you, you don't defend yourself. If you know anything about court, you don't speak up and try to defend yourself because you can mess up because you may not have the right terms and language. So you call on a lawyer, an advocate, someone who pleads for you, someone who pleads your case, someone who gives a good word for you. And especially if you're in distress, that that advocate is a comforter, he's a consolation. But it's even more, it's even more. Because the, the, the word comforter in, in our modern day English does not do justice to the word. We just think comforter is, oh, I'm in distress and I'm in trial. And someone comes and pats me on the back and says, oh, you're okay. And encourages you. But it's even more than that. So the paraclete is not just someone who will help us and who will comfort us. It's someone who actually comes into us and empowers us. The, the, there's a word used in Greek, dynamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. And so what the Holy Spirit does is he empowers us. He gives us strength, fortitude. He, he not only defends us, he defends us from within. And he empowers us. And it literally may, means that he empowers us to stand on our own two feet and to allow him to witness through us. To allow, him to, to allow him to strengthen us so that we're strong during the trials. This is what this word actually means. So it's, it's more than just even just a lawyer who defends us, but it's someone who comes into us and empowers us in the midst of trial, in the midst of being on the stand, in the midst of being accused. So there's two things that 
the Holy Spirit that the paraclete does for us. If, if you think about it in legal terms, think about it in court. Like we're in court, we're on the stand, we're being accused. Our sins are accusing us. The devils are accusing us. That's what devil means. It means accuser. Satan means accuser. So he's always accusing us of our sins. And so the Holy Spirit comes and he, as a lawyer, he does two things. He's both the defense attorney, but also there's more. He's also the prosecutor. So he defends us. He would defend us and intercede for us and put in that good word for us and strengthen us. But he will also prosecute those who are accusing us. See that? So it's a rich a rich term. So the Holy Spirit, as he's defending us, as he's putting in a good word for us, and he's our helper, he's our strength, he's our consolation, he's the one that we call upon. He's also the one who also prosecutes the accusers for us. And how does he do that? Well, like a lawyer who will defend his client. And then those who are accusing his client, what does the lawyer do? He cross-examines. He brings out the truth. That's why the lawyer, that's why the paraclete, he's the spirit of truth. And who is he defending? Who does the, the paraclete defend? He defends two or two people. The first is he defends Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And the second is he defends us. If we are united with him, he, de he defends us as Christians. So as the defender, he's going to put in a defense for us. But he's also going to put in offense. So if you know anything about games, you know, sports, I'm a, I'm a sports fanatic. You have to have good defense and you have to have good offense to win the game. You just can't have all defense because you won't have any offense and you won't score. You can't have just all offense because if you don't have defense, you'll be scored upon. You, in a game, you have to have both good offense and good defense to win. And this is what the Holy Spirit gives us in the Christian life, and the spiritual life. He gives us both good offense and he gives us both good defense. So I talked about the defense that he gives us. What about the offense? What about him as prosecutor? So the Holy Spirit, he convicts the world. And, and again, this word, this word conviction in Greek can be used as either convict or convince. It has both those meanings. So he's convicting, but he's also trying to convince. So in, in a court, that a good lawyer tries to convict, but also convince. He's trying to convince the jury of the truth. And so what are the three things that he convicts the world of or convinces the world of? First is sin. That's what Jesus says. 
sin because they do not believe in me. Now, what, what does that mean? Sin. Jesus, in his trial, when Jesus was on trial, Jesus was convicted of sin. Jesus was called the blasphemer. Jesus was called out of his mind. Jesus was on trial. He was called the king, the king of the Jews. That's what they, the Romans convicted of him. They, they thought that he was blaspheming, calling himself the son of God, even to the point where the high priest tore his robes. And they slapped him, they beat him for his words. They even mocked him while he was on the cross, saying, if you are the son of God, come down from here. Then we will believe in you. But Jesus remained on the cross and his remaining on the cross has now convicted his own accusers of their own sin. And that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's convicting them of their sin for not believing in the Son of God because Jesus rising from the dead shows that he was greater than sin and greater than the grave. And therefore convicts those who do not believe in him. See that? Their sin remains because they do not believe in him. But if you confess your sin and confess Jesus as the Son of God, then your sin is washed away by his own blood from the cross. So it's turned around now. It's turned around. The Spirit turns things around. And then the Spirit convicts or convinces the world of righteousness. Because Jesus says, because I'm going to the Father and you will no longer see me. Righteousness or justice. Jesus is the righteous one. And yet they, they accused him of even being a devil. They accused him of being a sinner. They expelled him from the synagogues, those who hated him. And now the Spirit, he convicts those who call Jesus unrighteous. And now Jesus is the one, as he said in his trial, I am the one ascending back to my Father. I'm going back to him as the Son of God, as the Son of Man, as Daniel had predicted, that Jesus fulfills all the prophecies. And so the Spirit is going to convict the world of righteousness. That those who convicted Jesus thought that they were righteous. Now the Spirit is saying that you thought you were righteous, you are the unrighteous ones. But God is the one who's righteous. Jesus is the one who's righteous. See that? So it's like a prosecutor who's convincing the jury of the truth. And then finally, the Spirit will convict the world of condemnation. That there's a condemnation. That there's always a judgment at the end. We don't ever think that there's a judgment. But there's a judgment. And what's the judgment? Because the ruler of this world has been condemned. That condemning Jesus on the cross also condemns sin, condemned the grave. 
and condemned the evil one himself. And Satan was defeated beneath the cross by the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb has his victory, it says in the book of Revelation. He's the one who's broke open the seals. He's the one who's washed away our sins. He's the one who's triumphed over the grave and triumphed over Satan himself. That's why Satan hates the cross. He hates the cross because he's been defeated by the cross, by the weakness of Jesus. The weakness of God is our strength. And, that, and that's why the early Christians were preaching the cross. That's why they live the cross. And so the Spirit condemns those who do not acknowledge the cross, who do not go to the cross. The only thing that can bring the Spirit out of us is sin. And yet it's, it's that sin that the Spirit will also convict us of. He will convict us of sin until we repent. And only repentance from sin brings the Spirit back into our souls. That's why confession is so important. That's why confession is associated with receiving the Holy Spirit. Because when we confess our sins, we receive the Spirit again. And he defends our cause. That every time we repent it becomes a paraclete to plead our cause at the judgment. If we don't repent, then our lack of repentance accuses us at the judgment. Our good works, our works of mercy, are also paracletes that will plead for us at the judgment. But our works of evil also judge us at the judgment. See that? By our own actions are we judged. And that's scary. That's scary. When you think about judgment, that there's a judgment for each and every one of us, how should, how should we act? How much should we repent? Repentance should be every day. We need to repent every day because we sin every day. So we need to repent every day. But lest we become discouraged and our spiritual life, that we have this paraclete, this advocate, who witnesses for us, who witnesses through us, who defends us, who empowers us, who encourages us to go out into the battle, to fight, to have fortitude. He empowers us with his gifts, especially what was called charismas, his charismatic gifts, all charisma means in Greek, is a gift. The sanctifying gifts of the Holy Spirit, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit empowers our souls. And not only does he empower us and defend us for being Christians, but he also prosecutes those who are accusing us, who are against us. He's also the prosecutor who is on our side. This is what this word means. Isn't that a lot? For one word, the paraclete. So what do we have to do? Call on the paraclete. Every single day, call on the Holy Spirit. Before you pray, 
pray to the Holy Spirit. Before you even pray, pray to the Holy Spirit. That should always be your first prayer. Before you come to Mass, pray to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you. Before any action, pray to the Holy Spirit. Before you go to work, pray to the Holy Spirit. Before you're about to do a good task, pray to the Holy Spirit. Always pray to the Holy Spirit because we can't do it on our own. On our own, we're weak. We're just left with our own human nature, which is, which is very weak. But with the Spirit, the Spirit empowers us. The Spirit comforts us. The Spirit helps us. The Spirit speaks through us. The Spirit witnesses through us. With the Spirit, we can do the impossible. What seems impossible is possible with God, the Holy Spirit. So pray to the Holy Spirit. Pray every day to the Holy Spirit, every minute to the Holy Spirit to help you, to defend you, to empower you, and to prosecute for you those who are accusing you so that you may proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.